Okay. Just spilled on myself. <laughs> For the record. Off to a great start. Well, we're going to need a bigger boat. Oh, my God. Because oh my God. we have got right here on Nyad, we are, we've got the Bernie Journey fam. Um, we've got people who were in, uh, where, where, where did we all go? Shout it out, everybody. Get in your, get on your mics. All at once. Nevada. 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 South Central LA. <laughs> Iowa. Iowa. Uh, that, is that, that California, Nevada and Iowa? LA. All right. LA as well. Great. Um, so what that, I think another way of saying that is that everyone on this boat has, I think we can say has gone the extra mile, has done the work, true heroes of the revolution, with the exception of Brian and Colin. Thank you. Uh, Everyone that's supposed to me and Colin will get extra free healthcare yeah. <laughs> after Bernie wins. Sucks, a podcast about hating the city we love. We have a full boat, as Greg intimated, and we're going to introduce our crew now. Yeah. Uh, we've got Collins here, Brian's here. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> we're I'm here. Greg. I mean, come on, man. That's not what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, go. Let's go. Let's start right here. Tell us who you are and all the places you went for Bernie. My name is Hannah, and I went to Nevada for Bernie. My name's Olivia, and I went to Las Vegas and L.A. for Bernie. Awesome. Hey, my name's Munya. I went to... What's up? What's up? (laughs) (laughs) I went to Iowa and L.A. for Bernie. Awesome. Uh, my name's Justin. Uh, first time, long time. I went. No, to, you've, you've <laughs> been you're on the You're repeating guest. <laughs> this man. is your second time. Second, Justin, second the people time. love you. First time on the boat. First time on the boat. First time boater. Wait, wait. Justin, last time you were on the show, we were also involved in a medical quarantine as well because we were all sick, so we had to do the first ever call-in episode. That is true. When Justin was on, I was part of quarantine part two. We might have had the coronavirus back then, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Almost 100%. <laughs> um, I, actually, the last time Justin was on, I was calling in from uh, the rental car in like a neighborhood in West Des Moines or some fucking place. Oh, wow. No, like after a day of uh, canvassing. Okay, right here. Um, cool. Uh, this is Carolyn, and I. Uh, I I was not able to make the journey for Bernie. I planned to go to California. I helped people get places. That's but right. My boss was like, no, no, no time off. Yeah, Carolyn right. helps me. Uh, so Carolyn, we know, um, spearheaded an effort to raise money um, on GoFundMe to send a just a bunch of people. Not everyone could be here tonight, but uh, Carolyn was. <laughs> yeah, Carolyn was uh, a leader of that effort. Raised a bunch of money, sent a bunch of people. We're going to talk more about that. And and Justin, you know, put in a lot of or- organizing for all this as well. Um, Cool. That's the gang. Woo! Gang. gang. The, <laughs> the Bernie Journey gang. Um, great. Yeah. Uh, I. You know. This is. I mean. You know. We don't. Uh, this is what is this? This is Sunday before. 
the Washington primary. Little, little, little Super Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Duper Tuesday. <laughs> um, and uh, so you know, we uh, it's a tied race. Um, there's, you know, maybe in some ways, some of us uh, wanted uh, this to be over on Super Tuesday, just a knockout blow. That's why, you know, that's why I went to Iowa. That's why people were in Nevada and California. Um, but uh, yeah, you know what? We're gonna have to keep doing this. Uh, so that's fine. Cause you know what? In the end, it's fun. We like it. Um, we like getting out there for the revolution, uh, for Bernie, for you know, Medicare for all. Um, so yeah, we're gonna keep doing it. I, I mean, you know, a bunch of people were out just knocking doors today. I went out there um, uh, in Wallingford and and uh, Finney Ridge. Uh, you know, because uh, we got a we got a primary coming up. Who knows? Maybe we'll have to go back out to other states. I don't know. But um, yeah, uh, let's start. You know, I I don't think we need to go like too much into like the state of the race here. We you know we know it. We're we're uh, waiting for that inevitable Warren endorsement on the eve of <laughs> Duper Tuesday. Surely, surely yeah. that would happen. It's don't coming. get me I started. No, I said a lot of <laughs> Wait uh, on it. Um, divisive, glib things in the last episode about Elizabeth Warren and her. <laughs> her followers but i'm sure that's all going to be sort of put to rest by the inevitable endorsement um and the and i i look forward to elizabeth warren just going ham on joe biden the way she did on bloomberg (laughs) um that's going to be great but uh yeah let's you know let's put aside all that and let's reminisce about our time on the bernie journey and talk about this as uh organizing and you know, on what we've learned from this, what we've done, and, you know, what we're going to continue to do over the next couple of months. So, um, Carolyn, tell us about, like, this this fundraising effort. Yeah, yeah. So, I just want to preface it with, um, I don't know if anyone saw, Zajalani was like, y'all, organizing doesn't matter. It doesn't work. Look, Bernie organized. Look at all these Bernie journeyers. Didn't work. You you didn't win Super Tuesday. And I, and I do think that it is working and that it is a thing we have to continue Absolutely, to do yeah. and uh it's the only reason we've gotten this far so yeah i mean that's to... that's the key there yeah anyone who doubts that that i think they're wrong so yeah i think that the the fundraising i think the thing that was really helpful is just people being able to put a flag in the sand and being like yep we're going and being able to tell people like we can throw you 100 bucks 200 bucks 400 dollars, and you can go that made the difference between people going or not going and yeah. it also just created that momentum where people we're like, oh, this is fun. I can go do this. And I think a lot of people had it on the tip of their minds as something they wanted to do. And sometimes it just takes a buddy just being like, yeah, let's go next oh, weekend. For sure. So when I think, you know, you'd mentioned earlier that uh, for employment reasons, right, you weren't able to go maybe on some of these trips that you might have wanted to go on, which is the spot like a lot of us were in. Right. And, uh, you know, I think you showed that that doesn't mean that you can't contribute. Right. You know. Uh, raising money. I know so many people who, I mean, <laughs> forget having never given money to Kevin. They never voted before, you know, <laughs> like they'd never given money to Kevin, who have like dumped money into Bernie, who donated money to send people places and stuff like that. And that gives them, you know, I mean, what organizing is, is giving people an, a feeling of ownership over the campaign, right? Like they feel part of it and they become invested and they become uh, uh, Bernie bros, right? Brocialists yeah. for life. <laughs> Well, and also a, <laughs> ownership, but also a structure. Yeah. Um, 
you know, some of us, you know, I, you know, I had the time. I didn't have the money, but I had the time. So we also raised money. And, you know, another thanks out to everybody who um, sent money our way to send me out there for a couple of weeks. But, um, uh, you know, that was the fact that I knew also that I was going out there with a bunch of other people, Seattle people, people I knew um, that I, you know, that because other people had organized, because I didn't do aside from the fundraising for you know send greg to iowa um i didn't do like the rest of the organizing i was like hey uh, i'm not gonna put any effort in this someone else tell me where i'm gonna live um who is out there who you know um so the organizing is a big part of it um and uh yeah i mean justin you know uh that you helped me a lot with my bernie journey um just you know all the information the coordination you know i mean talk to us about that and you know what that and what that was all about um you know i do have a zoom call account so that's the thing (laughs) that that helped it was essential i had a a spreadsheet yes you did there were spreadsheets um i don't know it's it's really like not that hard like but reassuring spreadsheet very reassuring when i was like oh there's a fucking spreadsheet related to the beds and couches yeah once there's a spreadsheet you know it's real it's like well, this is I was, i'm like okay yeah there's all this talk of like places to stay and people out there and i'm yeah. like i am 35 years old <laughs> yeah. i am not bouncing from couch to fucking couch yep. i'm going out there and staking a claim on a bed or i'm not going at all you know <laughs> so um i mean it also helped that our friends cassidy and melissa yeah uh hooked us up with a place to stay that made it a lot easier because when we were doing the you know nevada bernie journey we didn't have that lined up and so i and we had everybody coming on all these different you were just all staying at the circus circus or what well no uh some people stay no someone jana who is not here did stay at circus circus one night oh that i was joking somebody did stay there uh but we we ended up getting uh an airbnb for the rest of the nights and that's good People are on couches. We had a Bernie bus come in full of random people. We were traveling from around. elsewhere. From yeah, elsewhere. From elsewhere yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean that was the great because this was you know because this whole thing is based on organizing. You know there were, yeah there were places there were resources for people to pool. You know, um, yeah. So like yeah, uh, Cassie and Melissa had this like mansion on the outside, hot couch on the inside place that was awesome and uh yeah just and i shared a room uh briefly there uh we have to go back we have to go back yeah we've got to go go back back to to that house to that house you (laughs) me and carl uh crouton um the whole gang um (laughs) it's like a joe biden story (laughs) (laughs) now Uh, yeah um no it is um yeah i mean uh justin carroll i mean anything more to say on like the the sort of structural organizational part of this i mean always be organizing i don't know yeah this this is the motto of 2020 just do what you can where you're at what you can do when you got the time 
And uh, if you if you have a penchant for spreadsheets, the revolution fucking needs you. Yeah. Like, yeah. get on that Google sheet. And <laughs> so many Seattleites got so excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, seriously. Wait, like, I could be a part what? of this? Yeah, I mean, like, just being the person who's like, I'm making a spreadsheet now, that's helpful. I know it sounds that's annoying, huge. but it actually is helpful. And uh, if your boss is like, nah, I don't want to approve your away time, you got to stay, then you can be like, I will be changing the color on cell B27 so that it's easier to read, and uh, mm-hmm. that will help Bernie 0.0005%, but um, yeah, something. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll just, you know, I mean, jump in everybody else on, like, what, I mean, you know, you guys went out there, but, like, so, what the organizing part of it meant to you and how it helped you get out there. So actually, just to, to pander to the show, um, Justin being on, the, on this podcast has sold me on oh, making a burger. Yeah. 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 Pandering. Yeah. Uh, it's I, true. It's true. It's true. I, I get that Justin sold you on it, but what about me and Greg? <laughs> <laughs> you too. You too. You too. Uh, Somewhat. It was, it was very convincing, though. I was like, oh, this is something I could actually do. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, I'm, you know, I didn't. I was like, I'm not a super organizer, right? I'm not a, a super soldier, but yeah. I was like, maybe I can do this. Oh, that's that's really awesome. What I think uh, I heard that from other people about yeah. Justin's testimony specifically mm-hmm. on on his Iowa trip uh, that it was inspiring to a lot of people. Yeah, I, I was like rambling and half asleep yeah. on that episode, like yeah, saying testify. like random shit. <laughs> yeah, I heard from a lot of people that uh, the really incisive and important questions that Justin got were really important as well, and whoever asked them, really <laughs> uh, no, no, but uh, it came to actual talk. Um, you know, I, I think the point you make though about like that, you know, you you didn't see yourself as an organizing super soldier or whatever right before, right? And I think that's an important point. We're so demobilized, right? That people, everything they know about politics and organizing, right, they now know from TV as opposed to real life, right? And they're like, oh, to be an organizer, I got to carry the flag up to the top of the barricade and, like, plant it in front of the... Uh, yeah, we did that. You know, the soldiers yeah, or whatever, that right? happened in Iowa. And, True. Yeah, yeah, and the reality is that organizing gets done by, like, regular people yeah. all the time, doing regular stuff that actually... Once you do it, it isn't like super intimidating, right? You're going and talking to people, and people aren't yeah. generally monsters. Like, and they're sometimes all right. <laughs> I, I, I belong to an irregular unit, which is why um, I just I just go where I'm sent by the organizers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Olivia Munya, Olivia, jump in here. Like, what? How was? How did your Bernie journey start? And like, <laughs> um, so I went to a DSA meeting after Iowa, and, and like watching Iowa, and I was so pissed that. It felt like yeah. it was rigged, or I don't know what was going on in Iowa, and I'm like, I'm so fucking mad, right? Now. Am I allowed to cuss on you? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, okay. This is clear channel, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, NPR cut. They the it the FCC is yeah. going <laughs> to. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm like, uh, what do I do? So I went to a DSA meeting, and then... Justin went up and talked about his trip to Iowa, and he's like, if you want to go to Nevada, like let me know and so I let him know I'm like I want to go <laughs> get me there <laughs> and um I'm a full-time like yoga Pilates instructor I don't have money but I have time so mm-hmm. um my schedule is really flexible and so Carolyn and Justin really helped getting me there and I didn't really have to pay for much so that was just it was really awesome and it inspired me to go to LA and I'm gonna go to um Philadelphia oh and fuck oh, yeah crazy. yeah <laughs> I'm like not done I'm going to every state I can go to <laughs> oh, yeah. that rules that's awesome Munia yes yes so my burning journey really started after the debate right before Iowa when 
we kind of got into what the discourse is right now with um, the snake emojis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were inspired by snake emojis was... to get out to Iowa. <laughs> More snake emojis. So guys. I think More I think th- this is definitive. This is clear. This like I mean we've never had any other position on this podcast, but. Um, Harassment works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Only of uh, Dan Savage and Katie Herzog. Everybody else. Harass- harassment yeah. inspires. <laughs> you know, it's really not about who you're harassing. It's about everyone else who sees it happening and, <laughs> and you know, wants to take up that, uh, wants to pick up that rifle. Yeah, no, it was it was really funny because um, me and Rico, who couldn't make it tonight, but um, we were just like hand in hand with organizing going over to Iowa but when we were just like watching the debate at a college pub we didn't want to go to really the big um, DSA watch party that time we just wanted something light Uh, we ended up going to a watch party that was right next door to where the Warren watch party was in Seattle and um, (laughs) and that was that that, that was the debate where um, the night before the debate Warren said that uh, Bernie said that she couldn't run, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, it just became clear to us that this was going to be a fight. And this was going to yeah. be a fight that is going to happen on the ground. And we can't just stand by and spectate because it was going to make us lose our minds watching this, right? And so we were like, at that point, a day later, we were like, we're going to book our plane tickets. We're going to figure this out. We didn't know where we were going to stay. Thankfully, Justin was there before, but we were like, let's just go on the ground and knock on doors like we we are so passionate about this right we donated to the campaign let's actually connect with voters and win this thing and so that's what really really mobilized us to go can i just say i'm an avid watcher of the bernie sanders twitch stream and i literally saw you multiple times while watching the twitch channel i was like ah god damn it top live donor wait like where like (laughs) on on the caucus night i literally saw carl in the audience of a bernie event in iowa that i was watching on the (laughs) twitch stream from my apartment in olympia and uh i was like oh my god oh that's awesome yeah muni and i made the new york times the other day from being behind bernie in the uh at the on the caucus night, I mean, we were in certain angles and certain networks. We were in the back. In the <laughs> my my dad sent me. Uh, I didn't even really tell them that I was gonna be up there. I just said I'm gonna be maybe on TV. I'm gonna be behind Bernie, <laughs> and I, he just like sends a picture of MSNBC, and it's just like oh my, my hair. You can see my hair, like just <laughs> right behind Bernie. Behind Bernie. Hair, like... <laughs> you can see like me and Greg and everyone, and it, it was hilarious. You just know there's a guy in a basement somewhere tracking the photos of you and being like. Oh, all the people at Bernie's events are all the same people. Crisis yeah. actors. <laughs> actors. False flag. <laughs> I was in the Anderson Cooper interview of Bernie. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. As yeah. Anderson Cooper? And I saw Anderson Cooper um, in Nevada. Yeah. Just like playing the slots? No. He, <laughs> he was at the, um, the rally at um, UNLV. Um, Did he cast a shadow? <laughs> <laughs> I will say he was more handsome in real life, and I wow, was just like, that's that not is, fair. Shit, that's fucking saying something. <laughs> like, Jesus. It's too much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I think the media presence is a good topic to go on, because that's something that I actually didn't anticipate going to Iowa. Of course, it is a big media spectacle, but I thought it was just going to be you know, a lot of people, and there's only so many journalists I could cover. But literally, <laughs> my first canvas that I went on um, 
This is wild. This this was pretty wild. Um, my very first camera that I went on, we one we met Rashida Tlaib, which I was not expecting at all. <laughs> awesome. And I was like, okay, cool. We got off to the man, and they were like, Rico's like, hey, we're gonna have a journalist just join us in this car packed with just like five Bernie guys, and um, <laughs> you're, you're also thinking like, man, I wish we had brought shirts. Yeah, really. Oh man, I wish we were not sharing one shirt with five people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, those um, callbacks to jokes that were off air. <laughs> it basically, it basically got yeah right. <laughs> it basically got voluntold um, by Rico. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah. "So you're gonna just hang out with Munya for the canvas? Like that's cool." I was like, "Yeah, sure." He's just like, well, "I guess I'm the media guy." I didn't really have any media training, right? This was like mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting any um real like PR. But essentially, my first canvas was knocking on doors in this Des Moines suburb while giving like a two-hour interview one-on-one with this journalist from Burlington, Vermont. And yeah, he was recording me the whole time and we were kind of talking back and forth, like context switching. I didn't expect to be as exhausted as it was by the end of it, but it was just like such a crazy experience. And then Mm -hmm. it got published, like my whole thing did, and it ran into like, it was a good, you know, narrative. And this, from whence came the toxic Bernie bro narrative. Yeah. <laughs> so you can thanks, look that article yeah. up on the road yep. with a toxic Bernie bro. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I'm so glad because we almost ran into that. I, I um I remember even like this really prominent New York Times journalist who covers Bernie uh, came up to me and Carl and I didn't even really realize it and I I'm just like assuming the best i'm just like oh awesome wow new york times they want to talk to us that's great and um, hi mr from yeah, hello hi yeah. oh mr brooks wow um but i met him in a cab yeah. <laughs> that little inside David oh brooks journalist. but it was really really crazy because just co- going from nothing and going from basically no media training to kind of like learning how to kind of pick apart really what they're asking and whether something is coming in good faith or not and uh, responding in an re- appropriate way. Like um, there were questions that were usually framed and Carl had this one MSNBC interview them too, right? We had like a lot of um, media interviewing us. What was really interesting was like you would hear open-ended questions right and those are usually people who are kind of coming at it from either neutral or good faith position Um, but some would be like a question with a answer baked in there already Mm -hmm. right like um do you do you think that um bernie sanders right now is um is being too much appealing to white work, working class people. Why do you think that is, right? And like, <laughs> and, and if you just like kind of just take that on the face value and just say, oh, like, well, maybe this is what, but, but really, like, you have to just reject the premise entirely, yeah. right? We are the m- largest multiracial, multi generational coalition, and we have to keep on reinforcing that because they have narratives baked in. And so that was just like a really great and unexpected learning experience I had. Mm-hmm. Um, canvassing as well as just like talking to media right because we eventually could have been quoted like they took our names down and everything and we did get quoted in some pieces so representing the campaign very cool yeah um no journalist ever asked to talk to me at any time <laughs> <laughs> probably a good thing. i was there for two fucking weeks and it never happened and yeah yeah for the record yeah it is but it's probably a good thing you're not wrong justin yeah <laughs> 
I did lament about the Sonics and my hatred for Howard Schultz, and that got directly quoted in one of the articles that got posted oh, about awesome. me, which I was just like, yes. Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> you killed it. Yeah. <laughs> really getting your agenda out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Since yeah, 07. I, yeah, I, I, and I was amazed to see. So, like, you know, I never saw any of the footage that made of us on the stage with Max behind Bernie, but, like, some, yeah, a photo from that night, like just last week, made the New York Times that Max saw in New York, you know, uh, and sent to us. Uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe that uh, photo, they'll just keep reprinting that for years. That'll be great. We'll, we'll, we'll be famous. Uh, you know, we, look uh, on. It, it, we, we said that we were the hot boys for Bernie by being selected to go up there. <laughs> we got pushed out of a crowd. They were yeah, like, hey, uh, you three. Yeah, the, um, there yeah. you three, and Greg walked forward, and they're like, whoa. Let's walk through it. Let's walk through it. Um, the A campaign communication staffer is walking around looking for hot people for Bernie, and they see um, me, my buddy, and my buddy Max and Munya, and they're like, yeah, we might as well have all three of you, I guess, is what actually happened. Um, so. Having Greg stand between them, it'll accentuate their hotness. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much. Um, yeah. Uh, Tried to bring two beers on stage, didn't work. But. Someone, someone was just fully ripping a fucking bong in oh, that crowd. Hell yeah! This was not vapor. This was no, straight no. up like a blunt. Like yeah, someone yeah, yeah, like yeah, brought yeah. out a Swisher Sweet, like and li- yeah. lit that shit up. It yeah, was amazing. Like, yeah. So, so somebody's job was to guard the stage, and when he showed up, like beers in hand, be like, double fisting. You can't, you can't have the beers. Wait, hold on. did they make you throw away? Could you just chug them real quick? Uh, I, we could chug them really quick. Um, <laughs> We could. I'm saying just theoretically. Yeah, we no, that's, put the, them on the ground, right? That's, that's but, a boss. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that Bernie's people are like, oh, you know what? You can chug those beers. Yeah. Right? <laughs> They're just like, don't bring have, them on stage. Them on stage. Do not but, double fist on a live stream on Iowa where yeah. everyone's watching. No, very this much. Fun the while. staffers <laughs> on that were very concerned about like the timing and making sure there were enough people to fill the stage when it needed to be. They weren't concerned with much else. There, no, there was at no point like any like instruction actually they're like just be up there and be bernie supporters and yeah it's kind of not hard you just sort of like scream and cheer and jump uh when nina comes on and you know that's that's all you get that's it's pretty basic so cool okay so um let's just uh start talking about our our favorite heartwarming or just absolutely wild stories from uh banging on doors um, oh, yeah. I love door knocking stories. <laughs> um, Hannah, uh, like what you know, tell us about or, or whatever about like uh, the substance of your actual Bernie journey and like what it was all about. So for the first couple days, we were kind of out canvassing in um, was it uh, like West Las Vegas, I guess. Um, so it was out like the the nice part of the fancy part of Las Vegas. Um, so a lot of, if you've been, if you've been to the suburbs of Las Vegas, a lot of like gated communities, a lot of like little security guards on golf courts, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, so at first it got a little bit disheartening because like you'd knock on some doors and then like the security people would get called because you know, these, the, I got this feeling that like the richer the neighborhood was, the more afraid they were to open their doors. Right. Mm -hmm. They'd like kind of peek out and be like, a poor is out there. So yeah. someone's out the door. They're not in the, you know, they're not in the UPS uniform and they came to my door. The horror, right? Um, you know, we are in this kind of like, um, kind of like apartment townhouse complex with like 
we thought we were being really sneaky sneaking in because we saw an open gate, but it turned out it's open all the time, which was a, a big letdown, honestly, when we left. Yeah, word. Yeah. So we were, you know, we kind of wandering around, and then this guy in a golf cart starts following us around, and he's like, it's not illegal, but you should leave. Um, and then I, I tried to I tried to get him to, to Was there a golf course nearby? No, there wasn't, actually. <laughs> this is a mode of transportation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Vegas way. Yeah. yeah, so, but I, then um, I did some of the, the strip caucusing, so, or canvassing, not caucusing, um, but you were talking to casino workers on their way into the casinos um, and trying to talk to them, and uh, really, uh, Allie from DSA was the real hero there. The security guard was, like, trying to chase us out, and she was, like, handing out literature and still talking to people while he was, like, chasing mm. us, um, but it was really oh, good. Yeah. So, and that was, like, I felt so good after that because it was, the first couple of days were kind of disheartening, right? But then you go out to talk to people who are, you know, working incredibly hard every day. And pretty much every single one of them was like, you know, too busy to talk or they're like Bernie. Like, they, you know, they either couldn't vote or they were voting for Bernie for the most part. Yeah, there's two things you can't do in a casino. Count cards and canvas for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. It turns (laughs) out. (laughs) Yeah. So. And the key question, right, is always, is it legal for me to do this? (laughs) And then if the answer is no, just keep walking and keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It it takes like a certain amount of guts because, yeah, sometimes you have security coming out and, yeah. It got me a lot more comfortable. Yeah, being yeah. like, are you, are you saying that I have to leave? Yeah. Or are you yeah. suggesting, right? So yeah, I think, there's a I, difference. <laughs> I think a lot of it is we're so socially conditioned to be mm-hmm. like, it's rude to go talk to politics. It's about mm-hmm. politics. It's rude yeah. to knock on someone's door. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe the how vulgar it would be to put up a yard sign about politics? It's divisive. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's terrible. Like, how, how could you? When, so I think uh, going out and canvassing, even here in Seattle for uh, DSA for Bernie, um, has been really good because it helps break down those barriers and make you realize that politics is an integral part of our lives. Oh yeah, and that we need to engage with it. We can't just be like, oh, this is it's 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 more important that we be polite than that we actually like create real change. Oh yeah, um, you know, I'd done a lot of canvassing over the years, but I had just it had actually been a while until 2019 when I like got in just a ton of doors and hours uh, on the Sean Scott campaign. And so I felt like going into this, I was like, I have to, like, I have to put this to use. Cause I'm like, I'm trained up. I'm ready. I'm like mm-hmm. any situation. Yeah. Like there is nothing, there's no door that I You're cannot a, knock on in America. Yeah. I was like, course. I'm, I've got this like dialed in like, uh, yeah. So yeah. So, um, yeah, just encouraging people to get out even on one. It, it can be a daunting thing until you do it the first time. Yeah. Um, Olivia, tell us about where you went and some of your stories. Mm, okay, let's start with the scary story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Um, it was a dark and stormy <laughs> night. <laughs> Much like tonight. <laughs> it was dark because Justin likes to canvas until like 9 p.m. <laughs> Sorry. Hell yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, we got one more hour. Come on, let's do this. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for the record, uh, Brian kind of checked out, but Olivia hung around. I hung, I hung in there. Nice. <laughs> Brian's like, we're done at 6 p.m. I'm, I'm like, yeah totally agree and then justin's like no we gotta keep Hell going no. i'm like okay yeah. fine justin's like that's not how we did it in iowa <laughs> <laughs> it's really not you want to really, win this state by 40 percent or what it's really not yeah 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 so and, it, and this was in this was in, in vegas yeah 
the rich white neighborhood in <laughs> it Vegas. Was yeah. Yeah. Rich, it was the rich white neighborhood. And we're like, this is a huge list. Like, let's all split up. Oh, no. <laughs> it was like a scary oh, yeah. movie. Like let's split up. It's a yeah. gigantic list. That's a big list. Um, So I knock on this person's door and like three huge dogs are like barking like it's like scary so i'm just like i throw the, the i throw the literature and I'm, i just run <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i can't do it <laughs> the dogs like catch it in their mouth and just shred it <laughs> it was basically like that and so um so then i hear a person come outside and say did you just ring my doorbell? <laughs> and I was hiding. I was wow. hiding behind a car because I was so scared. <laughs> and I come out. I come out. And I'm like, yeah, I'm from the Bernie Sanders campaign. And he's like, oh, you got the wrong house. Damn. Because <laughs> like, I already voted <laughs> for Bernie. <laughs> he was definitely like not yeah, a Bernie like supporter. Trump vibes. Trump vibes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a Joe Biden supporter, which we can use Honestly, this to cynically damage this yes. campaign. Yeah, it was like, definitely a Joe Biden supporter. Right? Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Who knows? But I'm just like, okay, thanks. Have a great night. And he's basically like, we don't like your kind around here. Whoa. I don't, re- I don't remember. <laughs> it wasn't that, but I don't remember what he said, but it was basically like that. And I'm just like, okay. And I called Justin. And I'm like, Justin, I'm done. I'm done. Like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And then I canvassed with Justin for like two more hours <laughs> along yeah. his awesome. side. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. What was the, uh, the Vegas Trump voter vibe for those who were in Vegas? Actually, okay, so one Trump voter, um, we weren't even standing near his house. Like, we were in the driveway, and he was like, get out of here, you socialist. (laughs) And we're like, we're not even knocking on your door. And he's like, I don't want you in my neighborhood. (laughs) Trump, Trump 2020. But actually... To be fair, most Trump supporters in Nevada that I met were actually really nice. Yeah. But he was the only one that. Yeah, they definitely come in different flavors. Like a lot of, I talked to a lot of nice Trump supporters in Iowa, and then there were some that had the Confederate flag up in their window. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they answered the door, they weren't nice about it. (laughs) Yeah. There are definitely some cranks. Like, I don't know if you were with me, Olivia, when we talked to. This one dude that was like, well, I'm not going to vote, but I think Trump's doing a good job. And then he went on and on and on. Oh, God. (laughs) That might have been. Yeah, that might have been Brian. But uh, yeah. Did you end the conversation by being like, yes, you do not vote. (laughs) Goodbye. No, no. Yeah, I was. I did not want to encourage him to vote. I didn't tell him about early voting or the caucus. I just nodded my head a little bit and left when I could. It's like, oh, that's good. They canceled voting this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I do kind of like his uh, mentality of like, uh, things are going well for me. I'm just not going to rock the ship. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, not go to that pole, not doing anything. Just going to keep letting it ride. Very Vegas. I mean, it's uh, the American way, frankly. Uh, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, did anybody deploy the strategy that was joked about on Twitter a lot of getting a Trump supporter and being like, well, you know how much you hate Hillary? Guess who she hates more than Donald Trump? Oh <laughs> you want to stick it to Hillary? Give it to the, give, go vote Bernie. So true. Uh, 
anybody deploy that? <laughs> well, you know, I did. I think we talked about that last yeah. podcast I was on where you say, you know, the Democrats would hate it if Bernie got the nomination. Yeah, yeah. But so one person said, like, jokingly said he was a Trump voter. And I took him seriously, and I said, like, the Democrats, you know, would hate it, you know, if Bernie got the nomination. But then it turned out he was joking. So I, I kind of <laughs> fucked that up. And, uh, it might, I don't know, if you're good in social situations, maybe it would be good to deploy that. But uh, I kind of wish I hadn't done it. Talking to complete strangers, like, with a very defined purpose is the only situation that I have, like, social skills applicable to. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think I probably ought to tell the story, but the one guy who was like sputtering mad, yelling at me, I I told him as he shut the door that I had just turned him gay in the name of communism. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I I did have mm-hmm. at least do the attempt of mm-hmm. one of those, yeah, which is yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> there should be an extra button you can hit on the app if you convince somebody to vote for Bernie because they hate Hillary. There right? should. Like, there know? should. We need, data we, we need. need data on there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where the data would you go. You get like a prize. Let's get the good mug. Directly to Hillary. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> to the inbox, to the private email server. <laughs> but what what was interesting is that usually when you're canvassing, you're getting lists of people who are 19. 18, like Mm -hmm. 20, 21, right? When you get those in the middle of nowhere in a random suburb in Iowa, chances are they're way the hell out of there already. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you are canvassing their parents in a suburban (laughs) Iowa. (laughs) They moved to Germany. Right, because because the thing is, is you can see how many people on the list in a particular house there are. So there could be Mm -hmm. three people, which is like, the kid and the parents, right? Mm-hmm. When it's only the kid, you yeah. can usually it's just bet. one name and it's one name and you see yeah. nineteen F like for female, mm-hmm. like you're like, okay, yeah. And I'm no, probably no gonna be to think their uh them signing up for some democratic candidate at some point corresponds in any way to their parents politics yeah absolutely not and that's usually the case so when you do canvas those houses you're probably going to run into their parents and they're probably not going to have the same politics if even probably opposite politics completely Mm -hmm. yep and that's what happened to me when i was in newton iowa um i was canvassing this 19 year old male and he knocked on their door and um all i see is this just like this gray hair. He looked like a very prominent conservative commentator that, like, almost a mirror image. Of course, it wasn't him, but I'm like, holy crap, this could be him. Um, just the <laughs> typical, like, suburban Republican, like, vibe, right? Um, probably has a Bowflex in the basement. <laughs> and <laughs> he came up, and, and I, I see, I see um, his wife, like, look at me, the one, like, just a, a black guy in Newton, Iowa, with a Bernie... <laughs> t-shirt on and she's like then she gets his her husband to come through and open the door and he immediately says hey man sorry we voted for trump okay like, like we're not interested that was 2016 bud because <laughs> <laughs> <That's 2020. laughs> the crazy thing is is that i was warned about this house i was canvassing uh, a house prior to this where he was a vietnam vet he was kind of disillusioned <laughs> with politics um and we talked for a while and i ended up just walking his dog with him and yeah. around the block and he eventually then just like gave me intel on the whole neighbor he's like that house is a good house to hit like like uh, i didn't yeah. have a nap right he was like just yeah. nicely giving me intel he's like but that fourth house down 
they're hardcore Republicans. Do yeah. not hit that house, whatever you do. <laughs> you were like, Special challenge note, accepted. <laughs> My next house, sure enough, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. was that house. Yeah. So I was like, so they're they're for Bernie now, right? <laughs> oh, totally. No, they're they're big time on the Bernie train. I um just you know show them the light, but um <laughs> no, that's definitely not what happened. I tried that line. I was like, you know, oh hey, that's fine, but you know, it's really gonna make Hillary mad if you um, <laughs> vote for Bernie. And he just came back with me, and he just said, I think we made her mad enough already. Oh, and wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, to be Honestly, honest, owned. Yeah, yeah. Owned. I got, got owned. Oh, you got owned. Yeah, I got Wow. That body. Oof, wow. Owned. Yeah. yeah, that's... that's Hey, good for that old no, man. So, honestly. So was the good house the guy put out a good house? It was. was. the intel good? It was. That's what, that's what I'm asking. The intel yeah, was yeah. good. It was yeah. a lot of el- um, elderly... Did you um, sign this guy with the intel up, like, to volunteer, to, like, he, organize? So, this guy he, sounds he like an was, organizer. He, <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. He he was just really nice to me. He was really, like, hardcore. He identified as an independent. That's what you see a lot in Iowa, at least in my experience, is that mm. people identified as independent, and whether that meant more libertarian or like truly just like I am not really into politics at all or I don't think like either side works for me which yeah. is like a real thing right well, I, th- that- I think what it means is uh, the Iocaucus is first and everyone has to come and beg there and they're like hmm, uh, you're starting no. from zero with me right. buddy because we're yeah. independents here yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the ball exactly I, uh, exactly yeah, but sure. no he was he was a, a really nice guy and I ended up talking to me initially it was just like i'm not into politics none of, none of the parties really work for me they've never really done anything for me in like the 67 years that i've been alive and i'm like honestly honestly yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when I, we did that dog walk you know i eventually i like, gave him lit and he was like you know okay i'll check him out and i i'll see if i could damn go canvas wow. right and, like, i mean that's not i mean you nice like a bernie voter right someone mm-hmm. who's like everything else in american politics is shit yeah yeah, that's a Bernie. That sounds like a Bernie. You have to I mean, be on the ground and communicate on the. You can't do it with sound bites, right? Like you have to yeah. actually like really truly dig in deep. Well, it's hard work. You can't do it with media sound bites or like earned coverage or, um, sort of you know, media, uh, catapult when you're Bernie Sanders when you're actually you know trying to like tax the media corporations and possibly bring them up like so yeah i mean that's um yeah i mean to your point what you were saying earlier carolyn about there because of joe biden's sort of uh the performance of his campaign in places where he didn't campaign you know there was talk of you know the maybe just some disillusionment of the value of actual on the ground campaigning and i think the actual you know the better understanding is that like there are there are many ways to win in american politics and one of them is having a a relentless media narrative on your side having establishment signal to you know uh dejected beaten down voters like what they're supposed to do uh, and the way to fight back against that is actually talking to people one on one. You know, we have this. You know, we don't. The, you know, we don't live in a democracy, but we have this like pageant that has sort of democratic forms that make people think it's a democracy. But the thing is that 
because of that, because it's so close to an actual, you know, voting for president is so close to an actual democratic institution that you can sort of pretend it is and game it as such. And that means you just don't get any help from the rest of the establishment or media. So that's why, you know, we probably knocked on, what, like thousands of doors yeah. today in Washington mm -hmm. State mm -hmm. because that that's, that is the tool that is available. Um, and... You know, I think we saw even in some of these states that Bernie didn't actually win on Super Tuesday. Um, he's still like in a, a number of those places kept stayed within several points of Joe Biden. And it's, you know, that would be zero. There would be zero without the people knocking on doors. Yeah. And I mean, if nobody knocks any doors, of course, the right wing candidate is going to win. Yeah. Sure. I mean, the left wing, you know, campaign is going to need to knock on more doors because, you know, we're at a disadvantage. And um, this whole narrative that like knocking on doors or field doesn't matter, um, I think it's totally wrong because, I mean, if you look at us, if you follow any of our Twitter feeds or whatever, like we got people to vote for Bernie that would not have voted. We got yeah. people to come out to caucus for Bernie that would not have caucused. Well, I think we have from, evidence from like the media and establishment perspective, there is like a kernel of truth to like, oh, campaigning turns out it doesn't matter because I think what, you know, put yourself in in that position. What you're actually thinking when you look at this is, oh, we can go through this pageant, this process nominate and then elect someone for president without going through this hassle that is a possible scenario that we can carry out as an elite establishment without doing all this fucking you know having the plebs knock on all the doors um not having not spending on uh you know campaign staff and offices and stuff like that um but that's not an answer to the question how do we uh actually you know elect good any good candidates anyone would actually want mm -hmm. or do anything good for human beings in this country um so i think anytime you're listening to analysis of any of this stuff you have to remember that like all of it has a per it always has a perspective and uh if it's just the like boiler boilerplate like elite media perspective it's not gonna actually be useful advice to um for left-wing activists yeah and i mean you know part of that media narrative of uh you know that on the ground campaign didn't matter it, understanding that that is a demobilizing narrative like yeah because it's working that's why they're telling you it's not working yeah exactly and you know if i could put on take out my podcast and have put on my 20 gallon historian hat <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh, you know in the early decades of this country right uh it was considered gauche to campaign right because that'd be inciting the passions of the public and stuff so what uh, your campaigning was you would send a series of carefully crafted letters probably written by somebody else to the you know electoral college representatives uh, stating your case of you know probably what money you would give them in kickbacks in exchange for their vote or whatever, 
and uh, the initial like hatred of Andrew Jackson had nothing to do with uh, the fact that he had like human skin saddlebags or anything like that. They were mad because he like actually went out to people and was like, "Hey, you should vote for me." By the way, yeah, <laughs> and like you know again incited the passions of the public, which they hated. And I think elite opinion in this country has always hated that. <laughs> They've always hated the idea of like having to, to this go day. ask the public yeah. for anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they would they would prefer it if we just shut the fuck up and, and do our jobs. You right? see yeah. a great disdain yeah. just among the elite media class for large crowds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No matter who it is, yeah. they hate people, a large crowd of people mm-hmm. gathered for a particular purpose. Yeah. And, and like one-on-one organizing, when you go to someone's door, today I was canvassing in Capitol Hill and made my way into various apartment buildings by you know, calling people at the call box and uh, getting them to buzz me in and stuff like that. It's very intimate. And it's kind of that gritty, like, interpersonal interaction that a lot of people go to so many lengths to avoid. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. But the thing is, the status quo, the, the like, the um, default option is what people defer to. And I honestly believe that's why Biden did so well. It's just people are like, default option, that's easy. I don't want to, I don't want to have to think about it. And I think to get any mass of people beyond that, we have to do that really, like, intimate one-on-one work that it's scary and it feels weird when you first start doing it but i i don't think that there's really any other way to move people and i think the phone calls and texting are great but there's nothing like that interaction you have Mm -hmm. with a person at their door at their home i mean it's profound Mm -hmm. and it changes you i i I heard someone said this at a dsa canvas event once they were like it will change you to go canvassing and it's absolutely true it does change you when you go through that process of knocking on people's doors and yeah my my maladroit social facility is so profound that i actually transcend any like awkwardness uh that could possibly be had like talking to a stranger on their doorstep i'm just so far i'm like i've gone around the horn and back again so that like i've never even been uncomfortable for a moment uh like are you you're hovering above your body like that kind (laughs) of experience i'm just like i'm so awkward in normal conversation from day to day that this like i'm on just on a different level Mm -hmm. uh talking to a stranger on their doorstep were you a theater kid no uh, no 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 i was not uh but yeah uh, you know it's it's a point that's well taken that i think particularly following um Occupy Wall Street and all that kind of stuff. There was again a media narrative that I think was pressed for a reason that like it's all online now, guys. It's all done on Facebook or whatever, and that's always been bullshit. Organizing is face to face. Like, you know, you're never gonna win the you're never gonna win using the tools that the capitalist class controls, right? You're never gonna use Facebook because you know Mark can always step in and just cut you off, right? You're never gonna win using Twitter. It's got to be face to face. That's the only thing like we have control over, right? Nothing yeah. against posting though. No, <laughs> always be posting. That's the thing. Make them shut down Twitter. Always if you're not posting. canvassing, you should be posting. Yeah, we will, uh, we should not be satisfied until uh, Twitter is destroyed with an atom bomb because we posted so hard canvassing. and they have no defense against it. Canvassing, <laughs> making those calls is about making those one-on-one connections mm-hmm. with actual the actual mass of people. Posting is about getting in the heads mm-hmm. of the fucking enemy. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I think the people on this boat have uh, achieved both of those goals. Yeah. So. One thing I want to say, though, I think that I think you have a really good point that 
what makes Bernie so special is that he's, I think, really one of the few candidates on landscape now that recognizes that it's not just, you know, about having clever plans and making negotiations with the right people, you know, and just like coming to that kind of technocratic solution. He realizes all of us have to be organizers, that he's running to really be organizer in chief, that we need this mass movement of all of us, you know, not just people on this boat but all of us together mm-hmm. uh, fighting together. And I think that's a really compelling vision. I think that's what gets people out to vote. And that's what we need to, we need to build a mass movement that can live beyond like to, to steal the slogan from uh, DSA uh, for Bernie, uh, you know, from a moment to a movement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and that's, that's, I've actually been more involved in the DSA for Bernie canvassing than I have that's for downtown the... Seattle association. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. 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 They, you know, they, they love Bernie. Yeah. They, uh, they love socialism. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Democratic Socialists of America. Um, we've been. We, I was just canvassing uh, in White Center. The, sorry, closer uh, today, and I think that's it's going to be critical to getting those getting those policy achievements. It's going to take sustained organizing, sustained mass movement for a long time. And I think this is, I think you know, win or lose, the Bernie campaign is really bolstering that. Yeah, and I think it's something that, you know, it's of anything maybe sets. Bernie's campaign apart from everything else that's going on throughout this whole race. And it's something also though that people outside this movement like try to wrap their heads around like, you know, um when I'm talking to like a, you know, a hostile uh territory uh door knock, you know, like a Biden or a Warren or a or a Pete person in in uh Iowa, you know, like there's certain certain paths can, that I've gone down where you do end up talking about theory of change, and um, it's not something that's on people's radar because I mean, like you know, your your Warren voter um, likes the idea that you know there are all these plans, um, and I I'm sitting there. I don't necessarily say this, but I'm like, uh, did you you know that there's this competent you know person who's going to have competent people and is going to have all these plans. I'm like, did you not live through the Obama administration? Like what, how do you think you get any of this done? You know, uh, this is, it's something completely new. Uh, this idea that the movement you build in the campaign, this hasn't happened yet, but you know, this is the stated goal anyway. Um, you know, uh, and we should hold, you know, if this happens, we should hold Bernie to it. But, um, this idea that yeah that the campaign the movement you build the people you organize the people you activate that this continues on as part of the program uh as the means to um achieving anything down to specific legislation i mean it's it's a new like weird thing and it ex- it does explain as we're talking about like it explains at least part of the hostility to Bernie Sanders on the part of the establishment isn't necessarily because if it was just the um, if it was just the big talk and the plans your average Democrat you know the the idea of Medicare for all around, your average Democrat could probably um, might see that if as like and this is a, a path I saw for Elizabeth Warren back when her poll numbers were doing well before she hedged on Medicare for all you can see a Democratic establishment going great if these if this these plans these policies we're talking about are working are pulling well are bringing in voters uh are gonna win us the white house great let's great let's talk about whatever you want um because when we get in there you know we'll, we can all we can p- pivot whatever w- the way we want for the general and then once we're in power 
well, we can then we have a lot of levers and a lot of cover to do or not do whatever we want. You know, we're still going to have the Republicans to uh, blame for blocking us on these things that we maybe don't necessarily as like a whole establishment want to achieve. Um, so I, I can see, you know, that was a, that was a real path for Elizabeth Warren. Um, and it could even be, you know, for some hypothetical candidate who was like Bernie Sanders in every other way, but, because he is drawing these crowds, because people are not just engaged, but angry. I mean, we've seen how, how much people, like, absolutely are terrified and despise that anyone could actually give a shit about any of this stuff. Um, that's the That, to me, is the biggest difference. It's not even the plans. It's not the, the policies. It's that um, this willingness to activate working people... And then actually stating, like, that's the plan to have these people just, like, riot in the streets if you won't pass Medicare for All is the implication and mm -hmm. something I look forward to. Um, that That's the line that this campaign is crossing um, that, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, the Bernie Sanders campaign, their, their policies are about building power for the working class. For a lot of Democrats, the policies are about maintaining their power. So it's yeah. saying the right things and moving in the right direction, but inherently their policies aren't about building working class power. And that's what's so freaking scary about Bernie Sanders' possible administration to people in the establishment. And I would also just say the typical Democratic voter probably has a very bad grasp of power period whether you're coming from the more pmc type of area or you know like i'll admit i listen to joe rogan sometimes like joe rogan is one of the most possible popular podcast podcasters in america he has no hold on what power is he his, all of his analysis totally lacks power analysis mm -hmm. which is why he's wrong about so many things um and i just think that that's something that's lacking in our consciousness and if you've ever like worked on a union campaign or worked in a campaign where you won or had someone oppress you and you fought back, you, you suddenly have this understanding of power. And um, I just think that that is what is so scary about Bernie because yeah. he's actually, his policies are actually about building power and um, we can only get there by building power along the way, which is why organizing is at the center of it because yeah. that's how you build power. Yeah, and I mean, uh, on your sort of Joe Rogan point, you know, every machine shop I've ever worked in, everybody listened to fucking Joe Rogan, Hell, right? hell yeah. Like, and I, that's always made me laugh when people got so mad about the Joe Rogan thing. It's like, you do not understand the base that this guy has. But the thing is, is like their views, their personal views, mimics a lot of Joe Rogan's views. Not necessarily the sexism or transphobia or whatever, right? But like the weird ephemeral understanding of like structure and how the world works, right? Like that it's just kind of like all out there nothing like everything's connected in a conspiratorial way but not in a real way much more in a tv show way and the thing is is that when you start to offer people like actual solutions to their problems right it's not hard to cut through that bullshit you know the reason you don't have health care is because the health care industry is turning a ton of profits denying it to you right like that's something that people understand just nobody has ever 
said it, explained it, or anything like that. You know, you'll probably be the first person that lies really like sat down and had this conversation with them about it. And you know, that's because of the weakness of the left in America, because of the media stranglehold on these things, and because of how alienated we've all become. You know, even to the point where people that do have those ideas, they feel so alone in them, right? That uh, you know, they feel powerless, right? So, I mean, even just going out and talking to people, doing what you guys were doing, right? You're assuring other people and yourselves, right, that you're not alone. <laughs> other people have this too, and that that is the power of organizing as well, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I think a lot of people in the media establishment and you know, general like liberal PMC, like don't when they hear "not me, us," um, probably hear it as a a slogan that's maybe supposed to play against the like personality cult narrative or that's supposed to just sound inclusive, but it's actually part of an analysis of power and that, yeah. And you can't really understand what that actually means in, unless you have that analysis. Um, uh, other stories who's got well, more well, stories well here's the thought uh so we talked about the trump going to the trump household oh yeah 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 yeah. let's hear about going to the maybe people's let's thoughts on warren versus biden okay. versus Buttigieg right. households which was klobuchar who's better. got a klobuchar house I, story? <laughs> <laughs> who else does anyone have a klobuchar story because I have a pretty funny one. It's brief, but it's yeah, funny. Yeah, I mean, statistically, like, one makes sense. <laughs> no, nobody in Nevada... <laughs> nobody in Nevada was voting for Klobuchar, yeah. I'll tell you that. What was it, Amy Klobuchar, when, you, when she answered the door? Was it her? <laughs> so th this was when I was a precinct captain. So mm -hmm. Bernie's campaign had volunteers in Iowa uh, basically go out to every precinct. There's a lot of flaws with caucuses. One of the pros about caucuses is that you can see the results, right? You are this not the votes are not going to a back room. It's in a big gymnasium with a bunch of people, and you get to document the results too. So they wanted every single volunteer, no matter what, um, paid staff volunteer at every single precinct in Iowa. That's a hard thing to do. With Bernie staff, it could be done. I've heard rumors that Pete had all of his paid staff, which was a lot of staff in Iowa, at every single precinct, right? So I was at one where no paid staffer wanted to go. It was like 45 minutes out of Des Moines and like this, like, I won't even say a suburb. It was just like a just community of people. It's kind of like the Leavenworth, but without the, <laughs> <laughs> without the German marketing, I guess. Um, and so it was a pretty large <laughs> They're gymnasium. They're celebrating a different era. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I can't help. <laughs> so it was really interesting, right? And the caucuses, the, the way things go is that each single person who's representing a candidate gets to give a speech and gets to give a speech and kind of pitch their candidate on why you should choose our candidate. And then people can switch over. Our precinct, 127 people came through, like more or less came through, which was uh, fairly large, and five candidates were viable. So there were a wow. lot of candidates mm -hmm. viable in this race, right? And so five people got to give speeches. I gave my speech for Bernie. It was awesome. Um, I was excited. Um, but before I gave my speech, mm -hmm. the first speech, right, and granted, this is a all white Iowan, like kind of, mm -hmm. you know, so a lot of parents coming through the, you know, the typical what you'd kind of think in your head. The Amy supporter <laughs> who gave a speech. This is the first, first speech. She said, 
I consider myself a socialist. Uh, However, oh fuck that rolls. <laughs> we I'm need... so excited for this right now. Oh, oh my god, damn. We need a moderate candidate to clean things up in the White House because Donald Trump is just too much. No. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a Some winning analysis argument. right there. Yeah. Do you this ask is... her, isn't it sexist to send the woman to clean things up? <laughs> <laughs> this this was the first speech from just a like yeah. a what you think of as just like a mom of maybe three mm-hmm. who just looked like a Karen um <laughs> talking about how she's a socialist yet supporting Amy Klobuchar because she directly wants a moderate in the white. I was like, okay, this is this is what we're working with right now. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is what I have to tailor my speech oh, to. I mean, That's in a way, so isn't that That's like, so it, it's on some way, doesn't that map to like a lot of the Democratic Party, people who think of themselves, how whatever their actual understanding is of mm-hmm. um, the, the, you know, politics of this or the or an analysis of power like who think of themselves as being on the left it's being progressive in some way i mean this is like the meat and potatoes of this fucking podcast um but who have been conditioned to uh think in purely meta terms about uh candidates and elections um to pretty much exclusively only think about voting as strategic Mm -hmm. um because of cycles for decades now, you know, particularly after 2000. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess it makes sense. In a weird mm-hmm. way, it does. And you know what, <laughs> and, and to just like top the story off, kind of like a a good ending to the story, right? Like five candidates were viable. The only reason really why Bernie was viable, right? We had a ton of people come through, but there was this one family, a family of four, who came through knowing nothing. I mean, like, straight up, they were just like, I want to learn. Oh, I was like, okay, we're going <laughs> to <gonna> learn. <laughs> and a peace staffer saw that and jumped on that family, was just, like, working them for a good 20 minutes before the caucus happened. Oh, yeah. And they were still standing in the middle, right? And, like, the parents were kind of swaying either way. But I saw um, the kid who was there, and he was an 18-year-old, First time voting, did not know really anything about the candidates, and he was getting worked by this Pete Stafford for like a, you know, a solid twenty minutes. Just like slowly turned off, like <laughs> I could see just like, yeah, like looking at the door, man, and I'm yeah. like, just came up really simple pitch because really pitching Bernie it is mm-hmm. pretty easy when you think about it. You don't have to fucking triangulate. You, no, you don't have to triangulate. You don't have to say these vague things. I said, I support Bernie Sanders because right now I have over $24,000 in student debt. And Bernie supports abolishing student debt and making college free. That was my pitch straight mm-hmm. up. And he came to our side and made Bernie viable. Mm-hmm. If you oh, yeah. count the delegates yeah. in Iowa, that one delegate that we received was a reason why we can be recounting and ultimately yeah. Bernie one mm-hmm. Iowa, right? All of yeah. those organizing matters, even if it's just one person. You got him a fable side. of the SDE, which I still don't know what that is. But yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Well, and Who I mean, knows? Well, that story, I mean, it has like two perfect encapsulations of America, right? In that one, you know, the Amy supporter who says she's a socialist and who knows what she means by that but the fact that like most americans to your point earlier legitimately have no fucking concept of, like what political 
designations mean like socialist fascist whatever left right like they have no idea <laughs> they have some weird notion in their head but it's not based on anything it's just based on you know tv or something and the other part of it too is that they have been conditioned to the idea of like even if i do want good things i'm not allowed to have them and we can't have them right they've been conditioned to basically be like i shouldn't expect things i shouldn't want things we just always have to kind of make the sacrifice play for the lesser of two evils there's this dire hardliner yeah. in who was <laughs> <laughs> he, he met some awesome characters oh, dude, in Iowa. Wow. Oh, a lot this of is characters. why you should canvas no to no these like the, the, these are real people man there's this dire hardliner who insisted that he was voting for Steyer because the deficit was just too much <laughs> after Steyer yeah. became not powerful viable message. oh extremely powerful right and he was like hostile about it. he was like super super strong on like the deficit issue I'm like how did this I don't know how this even played <laughs> when out when I right? fix my budget at home <laughs> that's always my favorite one <laughs> right. and every Steyer because Steyer wasn't viable in our uh, precinct and everyone you know just dispersed all over the map someone to Joe someone to Pete someone to Amy someone to Bernie um but and someone to warn uh he stayed right at steyer and said yeah nah. i'm dying on this hill nah, <laughs> right here steyer dire steyer dire but it's just like this when i hear stories like this i'm just like not enough people have negotiated a contract <laughs> like yeah. th- do you know how to negotiate a contract you don't come in and say well i know what we'll, where we'll end up so let's just start there it's like yeah. no <laughs> which is the democratic mindset right oh yeah absolutely yeah. again with the compromise no power compromise. analysis well, i've got a, i've got a theory about the amy person um i mean why is she a socialist probably because bernie sanders has finally ended mccarthyism she probably is advocating for some basic social democratic shit that everybody understands and gets and this like democrat brain voter was probably like over the last four years is like oh uh bernie sanders stands for all the things i believe in that must mean i'm a socialist so we need to elect uh, Amy Klobuchar because we have to defeat Trump. I mean, like... Yeah. To, to be fair, though, Klobuchar does look like she should be, like, the commissar of wow. the upper Midwest. Damn, so. damn, that is I extremely mean, accurate. If, if you're a Maoist, you might support Amy Klobuchar because, I mean, she might execute a landlord. I don't yeah. know. Honestly, yeah, I mean, you would want her on your side. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Amy with good politics. It's a dream. Wow, yeah. yeah, yeah. We have Bernie journeys. Amy had a long march of her own. <laughs> well, there was uh, uh, this, like, somewhat famous and uh, left-wing circles uh, story that came out of the Communist Party press in, like, the 70s of this, you know, uh, Chinese communist apparatchik who was in this village. Long story short, he sat in a very uncomfortable chair and he had one nice chair and he would let the workers when they came in to talk to him sit in the nice chair. And the workers would always be like, why don't you just sit in the nice chair? Like, we got you the nice chair. Why don't you sit in it? And one day he sat in it and he's like, oh, and then 10 years later I realized I never got out of the nice chair and I, and I became corrupted by comfort. And I could definitely see Amy writing that story. <laughs> I, was, I was corrupted by the comfort. I want my old wooden chair back. <laughs> right back. All right. <laughs> okay, so um, that was uh, Amy and Steyer. Does anyone ha- did anyone knock on a Yang Gang door? I didn't knock on a Yang Gang door, but at the University of Las Vegas, um, it was really cool. It was a Bernie rally right before voting, and he uh, marched everyone to the polls. So the line was a lot longer than we like expected it to be, which was awesome. But there was this Yang Gang guy, walk, like 
canvassing the line and he had like a camera he was like such hardcore yang gang <laughs> and he's like yeah he dropped out but still vote for him like he's <laughs> oh. <laughs> like this is a movement like like it's still it's still important i talked to him and i'm like so you don't like bernie and he's just like um no well he's okay <laughs> but he's his logic was really interesting to get into um just yeah i don't know <laughs> so and now that man tunes into yang whenever he's on msnbc <laughs> or cnn or whichever yeah, one it is <laughs> awesome okay um pete any we got some pete stories pete doors i know i i have a friend who converted from pete to to sanders and uh all i have to say is cool 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 dude (laughs) my cousin actually got a guy well he was a pete volunteer who uh volunteered uh for for his connections i think so he could get better democratic party connections yeah yeah Um, sounds like a yeah (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a young pete yeah Yeah, so my cousin uh i actually took him he i took him out canvassing for his first time and he's actually pretty involved in in democratic politics in uh nevada but he was like a like a Bernie like precinct rep or whatever, and I guess kind of cozied up. So I don't know if they were friends before, but the Pete guy and like you know took him out for drinks, and I think I think the guy ended up you know realizing you know hey Bernie's the the way forward. So right on, hell yeah! yeah. Don't give up on the Pete people. <laughs> yeah, my my precinct in Iowa that I captained for Bernie um, was yeah went it. I'm, we've talked about this. We went for Pete, um, and uh, it was all like really like wealthy suburb white people with absolutely dead eyes <laughs> and, and nothing interesting to say um okay uh, w- uh w- biden biden stories biden voter stories is anyone um knocked on the door in, in nevada so in iowa there were no biden voters never but met one in nevada there were um you know biden people or people who were either biden or bernie which is weird like there was one door, uh, one door. Um, Just like the old guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jana, who's not here, um, but she's a Spanish speaker, and so we were knocking doors in East Las Vegas, which is primarily like a Latinx um, community. Um, and so she would kind of, uh, if there was, you know, only Spanish speakers at the door, she would talk, um, and then I would kind of back her up if needed be. But um, we talked to like this eighty-five-year-old dude. And he was, you know, she was talking to him in Spanish, but and then he would be looking at me, which was kind of weird, but talking to her. <laughs> until we got, but eventually, like, we, uh, he was talking to us for, like, 10 minutes, but eventually, uh, and we got nowhere with him, but eventually um, his son came out, and his son was a Biden or Bernie voter. Okay. And uh, we didn't totally unpack that, but by the end of the conversation, we did pitch him to vote for Bernie and he signed a commit to early vote in Hell place. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, nice. Hard for nice. us. And so we got his vote. Yeah. Nice. I mean, that's, that's the good news about where we are at right now is that the field is coalesced around a candidate candidate. Anyone only cares about by default. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's extremely beatable. No one, no one gives a shit. Everyone like who, like, most people who voted for him just felt like they got the signal too, and don't really care. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the Biden is extremely beatable. Yeah. Mm. Well, and it's a reminder too. I mean, your your story just as a reminder too that uh, 
you know, in America for a lot of reasons, like people's pol- political beliefs are like not particularly deep or well yeah. thought out, but it also means that they're not particularly coherent either. Yeah. So you shouldn't just be intimidated away by somebody like, like work them a little bit. Yeah. See, see how deep their conviction peel it, is. Peel it away. Yeah, yeah. 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 Scratch the surface a little. Cause uh, sometimes people just, it's the thing they just saw on TV. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah this that, Biden guy seems viable. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly 100% of Biden support right now. I mean, I yeah. never talked to a single Biden supporter anywhere in the world in any capacity until after super tuesday here in seattle Mm. and so i mean that's just people going oh i guess i guess biden's the guy and so if you and if they if you if they have a reason why it's because well we have to be trump and if they're willing to listen to reason at all that is a pretty easy case to break down um because that motherfucker will lose oh yeah I mean, at this point, we should just be appealing to people's, you know, strong desire to be cool. Sporting <laughs> Bernie is objectively cooler than being a Biden supporter, which may have the blowback effect of some people are intimidated by cool people. So I don't know. But it's a thing. Well, Bernie, it's a strong no nerds campaign. Uh, <laughs> cool people only. Yep. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, you're totally right. And I think that the thing to push on at this point, too, is uh you know biden's social security shit all should be pointed but the other thing too is like (laughs) you need to stress to people he's not gonna fucking win his brain is melting like i don't think people have seen it because they don't follow it and they don't care and that's honestly the right position to have but like pointing out like come on guys like he he can't remember obama's name it's like four times now it's uh, this is insane. But did I, you see the next debate is not going to be like a they, actual debate? Like it's a sit down thing. Oh yeah, because so. my parents are like one hundred percent. There's dinner. Like, yeah. Fireside yeah. chat. Yeah, because my dad is like chat. slipping in. My dad's in his seventies and is like also slipping into dementia, which makes him probably a Biden voter. And uh, you know, I you know, I just been talking to my mom and being like, I brought that that up right to, uh, earlier today. I was like, they literally had to change the debate rules for him. That's how like unfit he is at this point. Like that's how bad it is my only know? thing is americans freaking love the underdog which mm. is why i believe bernie was able to come back from be- having his heart attack because people are like he's got it mm. and so yeah. i'm just worried if yeah. people are, if we like if we're really like pushing the brain melt scenario with biden people are going to be like he can do it uh, and then i don't know like i just really I, I think americans like just love love that when yeah. someone's on the brink and they're like they're the comeback kid it's just so that narrative is so strong wow. but also after super tuesday now bernie is the comeback yeah. <laughs> like now he's the comeback kid now he's rocky <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Rocky? i thought he didn't have brain damage but, yeah. <laughs> yeah which one's rocky i don't know but um yeah yeah and i mean uh the the biden i mean just nobody's a hardcore biden fan like so yeah. we just gotta no. we gotta scratch on it we gotta push on it we gotta harass that's not my vote the thing to push on a little yeah the thing i noticed in common in nevada with the biden with the biden voters was their like deepest conviction was that we can't have nice things yeah right? yes. that yeah. you know he's the best alternative because we could never do these things like have mm-hmm. universal health care right and it's just they're so beaten down that they're just like well we we could never have a good thing mm-hmm. um and i think that's actually the hardest thing to get through to people yeah. mm-hmm. in this selection or just in general is that we we can't have nice things mm-hmm. um we can afford all these wars we can we can afford healthcare. it's okay it's okay to want to have nice things yeah. for this country or i heard a lot like 
Um, well, I had to pay off my student debt, or my my kids paid off their student debt, and I helped them a little bit, but they only they mostly oh, did yeah. it themselves, and so I just think that's not fair to them if now that college is free and student debt is forgive like is forgiven. One yeah. word: COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, the governors of two states are now like, nah, yeah, the healthcare has to be free for for the flu, and they just did it, and it's amazing. Look, we can do Medicare for all. We can just will it into existence because yeah. that's well, what governments do. And it is important to like hammer on these sort of events as they happen, right? Uh, you know, it's 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 been a very unfortunate thing for the Democratic Party that they're running on a like no, you know, no uh, uh, health coverage for anybody in the middle of an epidemic. <laughs> you know, and, and and it's so funny. I got one like centrist so mad online with me. They just started yelling about how like uh, there's no connection between like healthcare, public health, and like disease outbreaks. Wait, yeah. so you're a Bernie bro? Like online? Yeah. One of those. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was I was harassing somebody in the name of Brother Bernard, and uh, this guy just kept getting mad at me and just being like, "Oh, prove to me there's a connection between like people having access to healthcare and the spread of disease." No, <laughs> and his, his his key point was that hospitals actually kill people because if you're to look at deaths in China of COVID nineteen, a disproportionate amount of them are in hospitals damn and i was like well shit you got me there bud <laughs> hospitals cause heart attacks hospitals cause you know like all sorts of deaths apparently but yeah thank you for that story brian actually we're uh focusing on irl contact with the mass of the people yeah, yeah. <laughs> so does anyone have, wait 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 uh, twitter is not real life <laughs> uh okay the warren door <laughs> um, to, uh, I, Iowa Warren voters, Justin? I didn't talk to any Iowa Warren voters. I saw in Nevada there were people, uh, when I was knocking doors, there was like a Warren canvasser just ahead of me. So I'd see the Warren you know, door hangers. I'd you would just like, see them there. Yeah, I would see them. And I would put my Bernie uh, you know, door hangers over them. And on one occasion, okay, the person left the Warren door hanger there, and then I knocked the door, and I canvassed the house, and I got them to vote for Bernie with the Warren you know, door hanger still on their door. So Perfect. Hell yeah. Thing. Perfect. Uh, I feel like oh, it's good to recycle and hand it to them. <laughs> anybody else Warren doors? Well, in LA, I don't think I got any in Las Vegas, any Warren doors at all. But in LA, I did. And... It's it's just kind of hard to get them to go to Bernie because we're kind of told not to like rock the boat too much with Warren supporters. That's, um, that's weird. I've heard the opposite uh, from the entire media. <laughs> yeah. um, so Warren supporters usually are just like, well, she's the female version of Bernie and uh, we need a female in, as president right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, Okay, but like, um, Bernie's the best to beat Trump, and they're like, well, we'll see. <laughs> like they're uh, like like before Super Tuesday, I feel like they were like still like she can win, like mm -hmm. we can do yeah. this, but yeah. And I mean, that's hard. That considering all the other like sort of mystified and bamboozled sort of thinking about american politics and power that we're talking about hard to really hold it against the warren voter to want to cast their super tuesday ballot for their preferred candidate mm -hmm. um outside of the sort of like game theory we were all doing about um the actual correct thing to do but um <laughs> but you know i actually i 
man, just today, knocked on a bunch of ex-Warren doors, and I, I think every single one of them uh, was for Bernie. Um, if they if they were for Warren first, they they were for Bernie. I, you know, some of them were, you know, they were like, yeah, I'm probably leaning to Bernie. So I, you know, I, I took time with those people and like uh, tried to leave with them feeling really good about it. Um, but I think like, you know, at least, and and it was and it's a lot. It was a lot of doors I knocked on today were Warren people, and I think that makes sense for Seattle, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, but. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I mean, for the most part, like, people seem to echo what you would think, which is that they, you know, whatever the ups and downs of the the, uh, primary has been, um, they did at least see everyone I talked to feel like that it was Bernie who was on the same page on policy, you know, Mm -hmm. so... And I think most, like, because we've seen, like, a ton of, like, Warren supporters come over, and I think, like, a good chunk of them are going to do that. It's a few psychotic holdouts who are just making a lot of noise, I think, you know, uh, of the war, uh, the Warren crowd. You know? so, yeah, I think at this point, the people who are still for Warren, it was a small number, at the, you know, on, say on Super Tuesday, mm. like, are, I mean, if you're for Warren, it's because you are on some level paying attention. You're probably, like, a, uh, you know, professional, you know, you you read some paper or some site or you watch some some mm. cable news or something and you think of yourself as being on top of things i i think you know you you do know the broad differences in policy you do know if you're a warm a lot of people don't know that uh biden is not for medicare for all the mm. warren voters know that the no a lot of people voting have no idea what the green new deal is the warren voters absolutely do and they know that joe biden is not gonna do that and that bernie is so i i think at the end of the day like uh it's a pretty it's a pretty easy switch i uh i didn't have the warren supporters that i knocked on in iowa i didn't have any in la i mean i'd love to talk about my la experience a little later but um Really, like with Warren supporters, it was really in Seattle where I've gotten a lot of them. And there was one kind of profound, I don't want to say too profound, but I knocked on a door. And again, it was the pesky 19-year-old door mm-hmm. <laughs> who, you know, happened to not be home and was actually in college. And their... 19-year-old, stay home. Yeah. Stay home. It's important. <laughs> so their mom answered the door, and I was like, hey, is, is this guy here? She was like. Looked at my T-shirt immediately and was like, "Yeah, my son is really, really into Bernie. I, however, have some issues." It's <laughs> <laughs> like Finally, you're like, "That's what I'm here for." There we yeah. go. There we go. And she said, "I'm not He's interested. Too cool. I'm not interested." And like pretended to like shut the door, sure. but then when I just kind of stayed there, she didn't. And then, <laughs> whoa! Uh, you called you her go. bluff, there dude. She wanted move. you to just like hang your shoulders and turn away <laughs> yeah, yeah, as yeah. she was closing the door. And you caught her out. I did. Bloodless. Nice. Absolutely bloodless. <laughs> and she was like, "You know what? Your campaign needs some empathy. You know that." 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I, damn, <laughs> damn. You yeah. almost just closed the door on my face. Yeah. Talk about yeah. empathy, please. So, talk about empathy. I mean, now, okay, I want to hear this. I want to hear what you laid on her. Yeah. yeah, so your campaign needs empathy. Your campaign, you know what? Warren mounted a really good campaign. Honestly, she was the right person for the job. And now I'm just not sure. And I was like, oh, Okay, you know what? Warren did run a good campaign. She was my second choice. Like, I do really appreciate what she brought to the table with her campaign, right? Um, and I was saying, like, I do support Bernie for various um, reasons, especially because we um, believe in a lot of the same things. So when you look at right now, we're in a race between Biden and Bernie. I think the choice is pretty clear where we have to put our energy to if we do actually believe in the things that we're saying in the campaign, right? And then she was like, yeah, I, I get that. But mm-hmm. you you guys, right, cause it was me and one other person, she was like, like you guys have just been pretty mean and nasty these last couple days. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, no, this is the kicker. Uh, she was like, I appreciate Bernie having this class analysis. I get that, and I understand that. But and she looks directly now we're your actual problem. By the way, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah. yeah. But she looks directly at me. This is a white woman. She is someone who looks like exactly like Warren's demo, looking at um, a young black man and saying, "But I don't really see Bernie doing much." For the African American ah, community. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh my oh god. god. I mean, so like that uh, rules. That's I, so good. I, I, I love the voters who you can just peer right behind their eyes and see the television. You know? <laughs> like, you can see into their brain and know, like, they've. They just have like MSNBC brain, like they're yeah. just parroting, like they have nothing else. Well, like what show they just watch? To parrot, like, <laughs> like just the most like yeah. memorable boilerplate talking point, yeah. talking points. I yeah, just, what? I really want these stories that you're telling. Like, did y'all ever read Chicken Soup for the whatever soul? Like, I want Chicken yes. Soup for the Bernie soul. I just want these like door knocking <laughs> stories, just like so I can like finish a chapter and be like, yes, oh. um, <laughs> perfect. Yes, I feel oh so God. warm inside. I would read that. I would read it day. every night. Yeah. Be like I, Bernie. I, I, I trust that means you'll all be recommending to every Bernie person you know to listen to what has just been the all-time easily most wholesome episode of Seattle Sucks <laughs> that has ever been recorded. Um, the subject of whether something is human feces or dog feces didn't even come literally up. didn't even come up. Uh, we didn't discuss the flavor or smell of any uh, excrement either. Um, uh, I mean, wow. Uh, it, we haven't even mentioned yet um, who the mayor endorsed. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, like this has been really wholesome and heartwarming, and I hope encouraging. Um, maybe um, uh, Justin, give us a quick pitch on getting out there for Bernie in here in Seattle over the next couple of days and well okay hang on this is going to come out tomorrow night so it's really just going to be Tuesday so about future Bernie journeys and what this is going to mean like what are we thinking about and Carolyn are we still raising money or hell yeah so where what are the states where where are we trying to send people so people are going to Philly people are going to New York people are going to damn don't they got 
people in fucking New York? Not like Brooklyn. Elsewhere. <laughs> Got it. Uh, Wait, is there another part of my people are from Buffalo. Maybe I should go there. Like, I've never been. Yeah. <sighs> Man. Um, I think there's one other place people are going. Someone chime in. I think there was another place. But we have a spreadsheet for that. There's there's still so, a spreadsheet. There's a very active spreadsheet. So if you're out there thinking, gosh, uh, I would like to, you know, when I have my uh, grandchild sitting on my knee uh, many years from now and he says, granddad, what did you do in the great political revolution? <laughs> Uh, and you want to be able to say that you took a Bernie journey. Um, we, you know, uh, we will put something in the notes of how you can get uh, in touch with these um, brave organizers um, and uh, make that journey and bring this in. Because, you know, the nice thing about this um, primary process is because it's stretched out over several months. uh we don't all have to concentrate in our hometowns for the day. You know, we can just sort of roam around and like go where the need is. So, um, yeah. Can and I make a local pitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's that? Can you tell us where to donate since you're raising money? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we'll put it in the the link. It's just a it's a GoFundMe. I felt so sleazy starting a GoFundMe, but now I'm like, wow, the internet is magical. <laughs> you can just raise money. And I think maybe we should make like a Gmail account. It might be a short-lived Gmail account, but I will forever check it into my 60s. I'll be like, did anyone email me today? So, yeah, we'll do that. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, the local pitch. The thing I've been doing, uh, you know, the past day or two, I've been in kind of a haze, is just uh, wandering around my neighborhood, finding any house with a Bernie yard sign, and just knocking that door. Uh, of course, doing like get out the vote, make sure they voted, but then just being like, hey, what's up? Because, you know, that person, you know, if Bernie wins or loses, that person uh, is probably going to be down to help out in some other struggle, some other election, some other organizing thing. Damn, that's so some guerrilla organizing. Get, get to know people around you, and the Bernie sign is a great way to bond with them. Wow, damn, that is. Just as an MVP. Some <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> wow. Uh, I just want to make a note. Um, I didn't. I talked a lot about just my funny experiences in Iowa and in Seattle. I'm predominantly white places, but what really kind of hit home for me and why we, what reminded me on why we actually do this, and when we talk about bringing working people into this movement, the idea of working people really hit home for me when I was in South Central LA, and I was just on vacation, right? Like I wasn't even supposed to be canvassing, but I just took a day out to canvas. <laughs> And just dish my girlfriend and canvassed, and um, <laughs> it was great. It's great practice. But um, what was super interesting was that with the hard conversations, the funny conversations you have with uh, you know people around like predominantly white areas. When I went to Latinx and Black communities who were working communities, all of them were straight up on board. It was a completely different experience. Same. Mostly, none of them have voted before. Some had undocumented families, like some of the kids were only able to vote. 
Uh, some were just like Spanish speaking only. I had to leverage my high school Spanish, right? <laughs> like when we talk about bringing and expanding the electoral, this is what we're talking about, right? Like this is this is the base that we're trying to mobilize. And these are the mm -hmm. policies that really are gonna um, predominantly affect when we talk about abolishing ICE. Like they have a living day-to-day -day fear of doing that. This is not a intellectual exercise. And so this, it just was, insanely clarifying to me that like this is who we're fighting for and like they are all on board and they just have to get that activation and like a push yeah yeah same every time i went to um like uh, more predominantly black or um hispanic neighborhood same thing they were all for bernie like all for bernie yeah yeah what i'm hearing is that uh if you're a white person talking to Munya, it's basically a bit he's doing and he's going to make fun of you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hannah, did you have anything to, to add about uh, encouraging people to get out there? Yeah, I think do it. Uh, it sounds, I think it can sound kind of intimidating, right? But it's actually, it's not that hard. Um, I The first time I canvassed, I canvassed for John Grant, actually, in the, the primary and, you know, I didn't have any training or a partner or anything. They're just, like, sneak into some apartment buildings. And actually, you know what? That part of it, I think, doesn't get enough uh, enough play. It's kind of fun. You get to pretend to be James Bond, you know, hold a door, oh, yeah. sneak in. Um, you know, because it's, it's important stuff. And, um, you know, it's I think the more you canvas, the more you realize that this is this movement we're in. This is everyone. It appeals it appeals to the everyone, but especially to, you know, pe working people like um when i was the the most exciting canvas i did was actually here in seattle in south seattle and like heavily immigrant neighborhood um and pretty much every door i knocked on they're like bernie yes you know um it wasn't up till i got to like you know the the like expensive houses with all the signs where it was like oh i'm a warren voter mm. for you know what, what what how do you feel about filibuster reform <laughs> <laughs> um, because like the the movement we have we're talking about fundamental issues that affect yeah. everyone's lives right who cares about filibuster reform i'm going to be honest i don't care like yeah. i care that's about that's what the movement's for yeah we have a movement that's we're going to make people's lives better that's going to change so many more lives than you know filibusters mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well uh gang everybody friends comrades thank you so much for coming down to the boat and being on the show um and of course thank you for all the work uh the the good vibes are flowing here uh so yeah thanks again everybody and of course we'll have you know links and stuff uh colin yeah nothing else to add but thank you thanks for being on the boat thanks for putting in the work um and for everybody else, go go vote. If you haven't voted, make sure you vote. Get your uh, ballot in the mail. Get it in a drop box. Go vote. Make oh, sure if you're you not vote. if you're not registered yet, that's fine. You can still go yeah, uh, in day, person. Right? Day of, yeah. Go down to the the Chinook Building downtown, and uh, it's simple. It's easy. You can register and vote right there. Yeah. Also, make sure that you mark Republican or Democrat. Make sure you mark Democrat on the thing because <laughs> they've already like uh, thrown out like ten thousand ballot or vote more than that. So. Yeah. 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 So make sure you check that, and also uh, check the show notes for where to donate for people who are going out and. Doing doing their own Bernie journeys if you can't do it yourself. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. We will catch you uh, catch you later. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. bye. Say bye, bye. everybody. Bye. 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 Go Bernie. Bernie. <laughs> <laughs>